Good evening, everyone. Welcome to White Oak Baptist Church, the last day of our missions conference. Stand with me. Take your hymn book, 569, in your songbook. Hymn 569. We're going to sing all three verses of Sound the Battle Cry. Hymn 569. And let's all stand. Verse number one. Sound the battle cry, see the foe is nigh. Raise the standard high for the Lord. Gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone. Rest your cause upon his holy word. Rouse and soldiers, rally round the banner. Ready, steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna. Christ is captain of the mighty throng. Verse 2. Strong to meet the foe, marching on we go. While our cause we know must prevail. Shield and banner bright, gleaming in the light. Battling for the right we ne'er can fail. Roused and soldiers rally around the banner. Ready, steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna. Christ is captain of the mighty throng. Verse 3. O thou God of all, hear us when we call. Help us one and all by thy grace. When the battle's done and the victory's won, may we wear the crown before thy face. Roused and soldiers rally round the banner. Ready, steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna. Christ is captain of the mighty throng. Welcome to Wednesday evening of our missions conference. And I am thrilled to death that we're having this service this evening. Uh, the forecast did not seem to indicate that we were going to be able to do this. And we prayed and asked God to move the snowstorm around us, and He has heard our prayers. Amen. I am so excited about this. What a great time we had last night with the question and answer time, getting to know the missionaries quite a bit better. We've got a full evening plan. Brother Raider is going to be preaching for us again this evening. And then uh, Miss Jennifer down here is going to be getting baptized at the end of the service. And then we've got international ice cream going to be served upstairs after church. And so it's just going to be an awesome, awesome evening. Uh, earlier today, uh, I, the missionary families, the Riveras and Lejeunes, took the missionary families to New York City on the, um, um, the metro. And we had a great time. We had a great time. So we're charged up, ready to go tonight, and just excited about what God's going to do in our midst. Let's greet one another. We'll come back and we'll sing that chorus one more time in just a moment.
Let's sing that chorus. Words will be on the screen. Here we go. Rouse then, soldiers, rally round the banner. Ready, steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna. Christ is captain of the mighty throng. Amen. Let's go to the Lord in prayer, asking him to give us a good evening uh, tonight in his house. Brother Yankowski, if you would, raise your voice from your seat, lead us in prayer. You may be seated. <clears throat> four five four in the songbook. Let's sing a passion for souls. Hymn four fifty four. First one. Give me a passion for souls, dear Lord, a passion to save the lost. Oh, that thy love were by all adored and welcomed at any cost. Jesus, I long, I long to be winning men who are lost and constantly sinning. Oh, may this hour be one of beginning the story of pardon to tell. Verse 3. How shall this passion for souls be mine? Lord, make thou the answer clear. Help me to throw out the old lifeline to those who are struggling near. Jesus, I long, I long to be winning men who are lost and constantly sinning. Oh, may this hour be one of beginning, the story of pardon to tell. All right, ushers, if you have those uh, commitment cards ready, and if anybody's in need of those who collected some of them last night, we'll be collecting uh, the rest of them up tonight, and then uh, uh, those that have not had a chance to turn them in again on Sunday. Any, is anybody in need of a card? All right, very good. Looks like everybody's got one that wants one. Just a reminder about the uh, upcoming Easter Sunday services and the door hangers that are in the back. Uh, the missionaries got to go out uh, with the staff on Tuesday. We distributed uh, over a thousand of them on uh, Saturday. So. That was great. Uh, we got plenty more to pass out, and so if you've yet to get your hands on those, uh, try to get some of those picked up uh, for this evening. And uh, at this time, we're going to sing one more hymn, and then we'll have um, a special music, and then we'll get right to the message. So take your hymn, hymnal, stand with me, and turn to 567, and let's sing, I'll Go Where You Want Me. <clears throat> let's stand together. 567 in your songbook. <clears throat> we'll sing the first and last of 567. <clears throat> Verse 1, 
It may not be on the mountain high or over the stormy sea. It may not be at the battlefront, my Lord will have need of me. But if by a still small voice he calls to pass, I do not know. I'll answer, dear Lord, my hand in thine. I'll go where you want me to go. I'll go where you want me to go, dear Lord, or mountain or plain or sea. I'll say what you want me to say, dear Lord. I'll be what you want me to be. Verse 3. There's surely somewhere a lonely place in earth's harvest field so wide. Where I may labor through life's short day for Jesus the crucified. So trusting in my all unto thy care, I know thou lovest me. I'll do thy will with a heart sincere. I'll be what you want me to be. I'll go where you want me to go, dear Lord, or mountain or plain or sea. I'll say what you want me to say, dear Lord. I'll be what you want me to be. You, you can be seated. Brother Raider, we're going to have you come on up to the platform. This evening before um, uh, you, you all get ready to sing your special here in a moment. Uh, this uh, evening, uh, Brother Raider and I prayed in my office. And uh, it was pointed out during that time that um, God moved the snowstorm around tonight. And you look around, we don't have the crowd we had last night, but... God has something for each individual that's here. And the question isn't, um, how large is the crowd? The question is, is your heart open? Is my heart open uh, to the message? And so, uh, God knew Brother Ray was going to preach. I remember I talked to him about speaking uh, back when he was um, in Peru prior to him coming. And he told me, he said, I'm wrestling over two sermons. I just don't know which one the Lord would have me to preach. At the time, he was only scheduled to preach once. And then we had the emergency uh, uh, with the missionary, Brother Carter, and the cancel. And God put two sermons on his heart because he wanted him to preach two sermons. And so the message that God has laid on his heart for this evening, I hope you'll open your heart and your ears up to, and you'll hear it, and you'll evaluate it, and you'll ask yourself if uh, the Lord would have you considered the content and, um, and make the, those decisions accordingly. And so at this time, we're going to have um, uh, Miss Bernice and Pastor Mike sing for us. And then after that, Brother Raider, you come around and preach for us. Darkness overshadows the little village of his birth. His family all asleep, he lies alone. Gazing up toward heaven, a little tear falls to the earth. And he 
dads. How are we this evening? Good morning. No, excuse me. Good evening. That's what it is. Yeah, it's evening time now, isn't it? All right. Yeah. Man, I'm so glad you guys made it out here. And uh, I know you wanted to get out here because you wanted to uh, hear a, a fat white guy talk about the Bible tonight. And uh, you just came out here just for me. And not because your wife pushed you out the door or your husband dragged you out the door. Folks, I'm trying to joke with you. Is that really what happened? Yeah? <laughs> he, uh, the um, Brother Hiles, would, my preacher, Brother Hiles, he would talk about a story where he was in Illinois, Danville, Illinois. It was the dead of winter, and it was a snowstorm, and it was a cold snowstorm. And he took him two hours to drive what normally took him about 45 minutes. And he finally got there. And when he got there, the pastor said, Pastor, our electrical's out. We have no electricity tonight. And they just set up a space here in the center aisle. And there were just four men that showed up that night to hear Brother Hiles preach. Well, he got up and he poured his heart out and uh, preached as if the theater was full. Well, two men hearing the preaching that night, one of his na- both of them got saved and both of them gave their lives to the Lord. One was named Wally Beebe, who started bus routes all over, all, over, uh, all over America in many different churches. And the other one's name was Curtis Hudson. He was the head of the store of the Lord for a little bit, and for a little while, and has brought hundreds of thousands of people to Christ through his preaching, through his influence. Church has started evangelism. Uh, just because somebody made it to a cold, snowy meeting. So we have less people here. Listen, the Lord can save by many or by few. Amen? Amen. We're going we're gonna to trust in Him. We're going we're gonna to ask Him to do something great. And yes, please ask Him that He uses me in spite of me tonight. And uh, I want to be a blessing. I don't want to get in the way uh, of what He wants to do. And please, I beg of you, whether I'm older than you or much younger than you, it doesn't matter. Please let me, let me be a blessing. And please ask God to do a work in your heart tonight. Please listen with your heart open and not just your ears. And uh, let's have a word. Let's, let's, let's uh, look at Matthew chapter 20. Let's read the passage and then we'll have a word of prayer together. We're going to read a passage tonight. We're going to read uh, 16 verses tonight. How are we doing? We ready to read 16 verses? Okay. How do you all normally do it? All together or just uh, uh, one after the other? One after the other, right? Okay, I'll read the first verse. I'll read the second. All the even, I'll read the odd verses uh, by myself, and you guys read the, uh, the even verses, and we'll go back and forth like that. And we'll fight over which verse we get next. Okay? Good, good. Chapter 20 of Matthew. Chapter 20 of Matthew, we're going to start in verse number 1 and read the verse number 16. Um, I don't know what the Lord would have me do tonight, whether I'm going to be really, really teachy. I know I have some things to teach. I don't know if I'm going to get excited or not. I hope I do. I love getting excited for Jesus. And, uh, but uh, I, I beg for your attention tonight. Uh, let the truth of God sink in. Uh, let, let, let God reprogram your mind according to Scripture. Um, I want to give it to you, just, just the Scripture's teaching. And uh, please, please let God do something in your heart and your mind tonight. Matthew chapter 20, verse number 1. Would you stand, please, with me this evening? Matthew chapter 20 and verse number 1. And I'll begin reading and join, join in together 
on verse number 2 and all the even verses until verse number 16. For the kingdom of heaven is like unto a man, that is, an householder, which went out early in the morning to hire laborers into his vineyard. And he went out about the third hour and saw others standing idle in the marketplace. Again, he went out about the sixth and ninth hour and did likewise. They said unto him, Because no man hath hired us, he saith unto them, Go ye also into the vineyard, and whatsoever is right, that shall ye receive. And when they came that were hired about the eleventh hour, they received every man a penny. And when they had received it, they murmured against the good man of the house. But he answered one of them and said, Friend, I do thee no wrong. Didst not thou agree with me for a penny? Is it not lawful for me to do what I will with mine own? Is thine eye evil because I am good? All right, please pray with me. Please pray with me. We, we want the Lord to meet with us tonight. Father, please, please. It's, it's all in vain if you're not with us tonight. We need you, please. We beg for your presence. Oh, Father, please fill us with your spirit tonight. I pray that you'll pour out your spirit tonight. Father, I pray that multitudes will be saved because of this meeting. There's no limit of the eternal value that could happen here tonight. And please, Heavenly Father, increase our faith. Help us to see. Help us to believe. Help us to trust you, Father. Father, please, I, I beg for your wisdom. Use me in spite of me tonight, Father. Please, please use me. And Father, please use us to do something for you. And Father, we need your love. We need your love. It's a world that's growing cold. Help us, Father, to love more tonight. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Please have a seat. Thank you so much. And uh, all righty. It's uh, this word hire. This word he went out to hire someone. My privilege is, is I get to study the, the, the Greek for the New Testament, but I also now get to study it in Spanish. That word hire is contract, and Spanish uses it for con- uses the word contract. He's going to make a contract with these guys. That's the agreement. They're going to agree for a penny. And back then, that was an honest day's wage for the labor. And he says, I'm going to pay you a penny. Does that sound just and fair? Do we want to agree on a penny? It's interesting that he had a contract with those for the first hour. 
Now, the last guys received just for one penny. We have, he went out on the sixth hour, the ninth hour. He went out about four different times and asked people to come work for him. But the last guys, they received the exact same amount of money that the first guys received. Is that fair? Is it fair? We, we, mis, we misuse that word fair. Let's ask another question. Is it just? Is it just what he did? Now, interact with me here. It's okay. Well, it's just us, you know. It's just, it's just us, the faithful in the snowstorm. Amen? And uh, so, why is it just? I heard some folks say yes. Or Why is it just? Can someone tell me? Go ahead, answer, answer it. You guys do the preaching. Say, okay, Brother Mike. He can do what he wants with his own. So, did he have a contract with those last guys? Did he contract with them? Did he promise them a certain amount of wage? Just the first guy. He only mentioned a penny to the first guys. He says, you guys willing to work all day for a penny? They said, yes, sir. Yeah, that's the honest day's wage. And you know what he said to everybody else? What did he say to everybody else? There's, there's a word. Our teenagers like this word. Whatever. <laughs> whatever. He says, hey, y'all come work for me. I'm going to pay you whatever. Whatsoever. whatsoever. He put the word so in there. Okay. It's basically Whatever. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pay you whatsoever I will. Whatever I want to pay you, I'm going to pay you. How many of you would like to work for a boss without a contract, without a written agreement, and he's just going to pay you what he wants? Do you trust anybody like that? It's hard to trust people these days, right? A lot of hook and cook. Well, you, you, we probably know some good friends, some good men of integrity, that probably would pay us honestly. You understand? But they're few and far in between, right? Yeah. And uh, here's these guys, these last guys, they get it first, and we got a penny. You're going to give us a penny? He said, I told you I was going to pay you what I want, and I want to give you a whole day's wage for an hour's work. Sign me up, brother! Woo! Yeah, I'll do it. And, uh, and then the next guys, they get a penny. And he paid everybody a penny. And however, the last guys, and the guys who came on the sixth hour and the ninth hour, he, he was at liberty to pay them exactly what he wanted to pay them. The first guys, he was not at liberty to change the contract. He couldn't have paid them less if he wanted to. He could not have paid them more if he wanted to. Their agreement was for a penny. What do you think about that, right? He wasn't allowed to pay them more. That would, that would be breaching contract. How many of you know what breaching contract means? Yes. He had to honor the agreement. Kind of changes our perspective about the story, doesn't it? He couldn't have paid them less or more. They had a contract. And there's a lot of people that try to do deals with God and sign contracts with God. Jacob said, if you'll take care of me and you'll provide for me, I'll serve you. Oh, oh, Jacob. Oh, Jacob! God could have done so much more! 
is if, if God will do this for me, I'll do this for God. Why should we settle for that? Here we have two groups of people. The contract group and the goodwill group. Alright? Some of our ladies went to the goodwill. How was the goodwill? Unfortunately, the goodwill, everything's contracted for the price, right? You know what I'm saying? And, uh, but God's goodwill is good. His will is good. Amen? Amen. But listen, do we really believe that God's will is good? I want to change your mind tonight. And I would like to cut through the politic, to cut through the lies, to cut through the jargon and the culturalization, even our church culture, and let's ask ourselves, do we really believe that the will of God is good? You know what the word Eden means? The Garden of Eden? Eden means pleasure and delight. We've got to maintain perspective here and maintain everything in context because our world is destroyed. It's already destroyed. When we look at what the world was before the flood, studying Genesis, we see that God created a perfect planet. And He created us in our physical bodies to live forever. Your body was designed to live forever. And this world was made to stand forever. But something happened. We became sin-cursed. And God judged us and this planet with a great flood. And He said, it's going to be fire next time. But it wasn't like that in the beginning because God says He looked at all of His creation and behold, it was very good. In Spanish, it was bien. They were a gran manera. It was It was good. Everything was good. It was perfect. God made the stars for us. He made the rivers and the hills and the mountains for us. He established the dry land for us. He created... You realize before the fall of man that every plant, every fruit was good. Snakes weren't poisonous. Animals were friendly. And as Genesis talks about, you could have even held a conversation with them. You could have talked to your dog, Fido. Or whatever you named him, Mussolini. Either way. Who named the dog Mussolini? Okay. But, listen, whatever. You, look, look at this. God's will is good. He already showed that he made a perfect man and a perfect woman. Ladies and gentlemen, when God does something, he does it perfect. We're talking about the perfect, good-looking woman. Okay? Other than the woman that I married, Eve was perfect. Amen? Gotcha, babe. There you go. I mean, God has a way of giving us something perfect. And the lies today, Brother Carter, we think if I live for God, if I surrender to His will, He's going to give me an ugly, fat, plain-looking woman. He's going to tie me ball and chain to some hag. Or He's going to Chain me to a chunk. No, don't judge me, folks. All right, I'm working on my weight. I really am. So, 
But uh, he's, he's, God's just going to give me this fat slob that just screams and shouts and the picture that's how he does. And he's a, he's a, he's a sadist, macho, macho, what's the word? Yeah, chauvinist, that's what it is. Machista in Spanish. Sorry, folks, I'm trying to speak English here. And he says, he's, he's just a chauvinist. It's all about him. That's what those, those religious crowds are. They're trying to say the woman's nothing. No, we're trying to get men to treat women right. But it has to happen God's way. In God's order. Amen. God's trying to be good to us. He says, he says in Revelation chapter 21, Behold, I make all things new. He's trying to get it all back to where it was before sin, where we lived in perfect paradise. We can't have paradise with sin. It just doesn't mix. Listen, folks. In Peru, Lima, Peru, is an ugly, busy, rude, obnoxious, sinful city. Sorry, Mrs. Lejeune, but I think she'd agree with me. It's, it's a mess. And you look at it, and I... And you realize this, this place could be a paradise. And the only people tearing it down are the people that live there. It's not about what you have. It's about what you do with what you have. That's what God told us. It's time to put our house in order. And, and I visited Brother Spear in Ghana, West Africa. And he says, look at this, Mark. This place is gorgeous. It's the people bringing it down. He says, we've got to reach the people. If we can turn them around, they'll turn their country around. Automatically. It's, we need God. We need righteousness. Amen? We need to trust God for the changes in our life. When I look at the contract versus goodwill, I see the vain versus the eternal. I see the contract about me. He said, take what's yours and go. He said, you got what's yours. Now go. He said, is your eye evil because I am good? Spanish uses the word envy. Why are you envying what the other person has? Because I want to do something more for somebody that will let me do more for them. Let me ask you something. Can God not do more for you because you won't let Him do more? Are you letting God do more? Or is every time God approaches you with a chance to do something better for you, you react with a lack of faith and don't believe it. The vain versus the eternal. Are we living for what's good for us in our contract? Or are we living for the light of eternity? These guys worked all day in vain. Vanity. Empty. Vanity. Selfishness. It's just emptiness. It's, it's, it's all about me! These guys worked all day. And it's beautiful here. We see that God can do more for someone who will live honestly for Him. More than He can do for someone living for themselves for a lifetime. And we see the rat race of today. People living and scrounging and cheating each other for just a little bit more. Living all their years in vain. And then we see how people can turn it around and live for God. And God does more for them in just a short amount of time than what He could do for other people throughout a lifetime.
And God can bless us more eternally if we'll live for His glory and not for our own. I'm a pastor and missionary. I pastor on a foreign field. We've seen missionaries live for themselves. We've seen pastors live for themselves. Pastor, church member, vice versa, vice versa. doesn't matter what your title is. Living for God is living for His glory. It's something you do from your heart. It's being willing to give your heart and life to Him. Can you do it? Can you surrender all to His feet and say, whatever you want, Thy will be done and not mine. And God Himself in the flesh set His example for us in that. He took it to the obedience, even the death of the cross. He was obedient and said, not my will, yours. I'm not going to live for me. I'm going to live for you. And that's our example. Can you do it? Are we living for ourselves here? Are we in church for ourselves? What we can get? Are we doing it for the eternity? What do we do? I've got to stick to my notes tonight. The first verse is the last. The first, the vein, the contract. And the last. No, no, no. No. I'm going to put Jesus first. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. On the back of the auditorium there. Can we put God first? Can we say, God, no, no, you first. And every priority, every time we want to do it for us, what do you want? Now let's talk about the laborers. Look with me, please, at Matthew chapter 25. Matthew chapter 25. And brother Mike, can I, uh, can I use you as a victim tonight? Thank you. Can I uh, publicly humiliate you in front of everyone? Is that fine? Yeah? Okay, thank you so much. And brother Mike's going to bring me up two chairs here, and we're going to act something out for you. Thank you so much, brother Mike. Just bring it right up here where everyone can see us. And uh, Matthew chapter 20, are you there? I want you to read three verses with me. Let's read them out loud. And uh, first of all, let's read verse number 20. So if you're at Matthew 25, verse 20, say amen. All right. Okay, I heard three people. All right, I've got to wake you up, folks. All right, here we go. If you're at Matthew chapter 25, verse number 20, please say pepperoni pizza. Okay, we're ready. Good, good. All right. Matthew chapter 25 and verse number 20. And so he, read it with me, please. And so he that had received five talents came and brought another five talents, saying, Lord, thou deliverest unto me five talents. Behold, I have gained beside them five talents more. We're talking about the talents. Look at me with uh, verse number 28 and verse number 29, same chapter. And let's read it together again, please. Take therefore the talent from him. And give it unto him which hath ten talents. For unto every one that hath shall be given. And he shall have abundance. But from him that hath not shall be taken away. Even that which he hath. Wow, that's against a lot of legislation from today. Okay? That, that really jolts our system here. We've got... Coming up here, before we act out this one, we've got a different one to act out. So let's come on up here. Five, we got, we got the five talents, then we got the two talents, 
and we got the one talents, okay? So it's the two and the five versus the one. You're going to be the two talent man, I'm going to be the one talent man. And uh, so we got these guys, they receive talents. Talent, oh my goodness, that's, that's a weight, that's a measurement of weight. Uh, one talent of gold can, can be right up there with a million dollars. We're talking about junior administrators that are working for a big time CEO here. They have an investment, they need to put it to work. They're investors. It's their job to invest. Amen? And God has invested in us. And it's our job to continue investing. And so we have this guy. He has two talents. And this guy has one talent. And he's looking at the guy with two talents. Now listen, I have four children. And yes, I know what it's like working in the nurseries, ladies. I started a nursery. And not just one church, but a couple others. And uh, I know what it's like working in a nursery when you're giving out the cookies and someone accidentally gets two cookies. I got, I got two cookies and I got one! I got the cookies and I got one! I got two cookies! Calm down, little Johnny. I got two cookies and I got two cookies! Now the guy with two cookies, he's like, Do it, do it, you gotta do it. And the guy with one cookie, he's like, He doesn't need it, he just goes, And he just throws the cookie away and walks away. Just like the Bible. Are y'all asleep? Y'all, y'all comfortable? Yeah? Okay, good. How's the volume? Is it good? All right, good. And uh, so he's like, uh, that's exactly us, ladies and gentlemen. Our eye is evil because others are more good than we are. And we're just eaten up with envy and we have a hard time using what we already have. Look at what you got. Jesus always started with what we have. He says, don't send them away. Let's feed them all. With what? What do we have? We got this kid over here with fish and bread. And, and, and who was it? It was Andrew, right? But what is that among so many? What is that? I mean, look at the need and look what we have. There is no hope. And Jesus said, give me it. Now, let's just be thankful for what we got. Lord, thank you for this. Thank you. I'm going to share it. I'm going to share it. And if you'll just share what you got, you'll realize you're never going to get to the bottom of the barrel, just like that widow with Elijah. She's going to keep going. She's going to keep going. And you're going to see God do things. Where you're going to keep going, and you're going to look at, I ain't got much, but it's not running dry. Brother Mike, you ready? Yes. Round two. Here we go. Let's get in the chairs. All right. I'm going to make a couple statements. How are we doing, ladies and gentlemen? Are we doing all right? All right. Are you good? Are you hungry? Are you bored? Are you mad at me? Okay, I better preach a little bit more then. All right, here we go. Let me make a few statements here. Help us transition. Don't look at what you have. Don't look at what you don't have. Look at what you do have. And do differently with that. It's not about having differently. It's about doing differently with what we already have. Do not, to do, excuse me, to do differently, we must think differently. To do differently, we must think differently. If you, and Brother Caleb used to say this to us in in college all the time, he used to say, "If if you always do what you've 
always done, you'll always get what you've always got. I'm going to repeat that. If you always do what you've always done, what you have always done, you'll always get what you've always got. We've got to think differently and we've got to do differently. It's time to think differently so we can do differently. And I would like to give you a more eternal perspective of what we're doing in the ministry. And I'm going to tell you right now, you're not going to like it. But if you'll think differently, you're going to do differently. Are you ready? Brother Mike is looking for a job because uh, Pastor fired him. And uh, so he's in my office now and he's looking for a job for Team Peru. And uh, you guys aren't laughing, man. Is he already on the hot seat? I don't know. No? Okay. Y'all okay? Man. All right. Everybody stand up at this moment. Everybody stand up. Everybody. No, I'm serious. Yeah, stand up. I'm weird, man. I'm a missionary. Yeah. Here you go. You ready? Everyone stand up. Raise your hands up and say, Hallelujah! This is going to be over soon. All right. Sit down. Sit down. God bless you. All right. You ready? Brother Moore used to do that to us in class. It's his fault. Okay. Can you move over there to that chair? Thank you so much. I just need to look at my notes here. All right. So we got this uh, mic here, and, and we decided to hire him. And uh, we're going to put him through orientation. You guys with me? All right. So we believe that he is a valuable investment. Are you saved tonight? Have you been forgiven Are you trusting in His mercy and grace for salvation? Has the blood of Jesus Christ washed away all your sins? Then you're a worthy investment. If the Gospels come to you, God has already proven that you're a worthy investment. So quit believing the lie that you're not. Amen. You're a worthy investment. doesn't matter how young you are, how old you are. You're a worthy investment. Now, here we are. As a worthy investment, I have to bring a return on my investment. You are the five talents. And yes, you are administrating the same five talents. So what are you going to do with yourself? What are you going to do with yourself, all right? Now, I'm going to hire Brother Mike here. Brother Mike, your job is to bring an increase to our revenue. You need to make profits for this company. Any business owners in here? Raise your hand if you're a business owner. We've got a few business owners, okay? And uh, so any administrators in here? Any administrators? Yeah, pastor's an administrator. And uh, so here we go. He needs to bring a profit to the company. Some folks say, well, you know what? I know my boss is making money off of me. Good. Then he shouldn't fire you then. Then you're worth keeping on when layoffs come, when he's got to downsize the staff. And if you're not making a profit, if you're not making more for your boss than what you're getting paid, then you're not worth being paid. Amen? You're not worth it. What? Well, I know he's making more. Good! Please, you need to change the way you think about that. But look at here. You need to make at least double what we're going to pay you. Do you understand? Now, this is what we're going to do for you. We want you to come to all the meetings. Okay? You've got to come to all the meetings. You're going to see where I'm going on this. Stay with me, okay? You're going to see exactly where I'm going, because you guys are very perceptive. Come to all the meetings. What am I talking about spiritually? Church. I'm talking about coming to all the meetings. 
Why? Because we need to be unanimous, just like Acts chapter 2. If God's going to do a great work, if the Holy Ghost is going to fall upon us and fill us and pour out His Spirit, it's because we're together. So you need to come to all the meetings so that we're of the same mind and we're of the same heart. Now let me ask you something. If he comes to all the meetings, is he doing something for his boss yet? Is he bringing a return on his investment? Some say yes, some say no. You've got to understand when a boss calls a meeting, he just cut production. He just loses. He's got to take everyone in the meeting. So if he has 20 people in a room for five minutes, he just lost 100 hours. Uh, excuse me, 100 minutes. Excuse me. A hundred minutes. A group like this. Multiply the hours and how much can we do for God? But we're here. But we need to be here. The meetings are necessary, but still, it's an investment from the boss into the employee and not the other way around. Just for him to be there. Now, can he produce for the boss if he doesn't come to the meetings? Not so much. He needs to come to the meetings. Y'all with me? Okay, please respond. I need to know you're with me. I don't want to... I don't want to run past you here. Okay, so now, number two, come to all the meetings. Number one, come to all the meetings. Number two, I need you to read this manual. 66, uh, uh, yeah, 66 different manuals with all kinds of chapters. Uh, there's no pictures nor illustrations. Sorry about that. And uh, I need you to read that and know it from cover to cover. If he memorizes the manual and he knows it from cover to cover and he follows it to a T, is he making money for the boss yet just by knowing that information? No, he's not. He's coming to all the meetings, and he knows the manual, cover to cover, and he's still not bringing a return on his investment. You guys with me? What are we talking about? We're talking about the good book. Yes, the Word of God. Now, let's go a step further, all right? Purchase orders. He's going to turn in an order, a petition, a request for whatever he needs to get the job done. Does he need a car? Does he need a building? Does he need a location, brick and mortar? Does he need clothing? Does he need tools? Does he need equipment? Whatever he needs, he's going to get it. But if he just simply has everything he needs to get the job done, and he knows exactly what he needs to do, and he comes to all the meetings faithfully, has he begun to produce for his boss yet? He has not. Are we beginning to see where we stand in the light of eternity? We can't even come to the meetings. You hear me, internet crowd? I'm sorry. I mean to challenge your faith tonight. Why can't we come to the meetings? Why can't we be faithful to the meetings? Why do we have such lack of knowledge of the truth. Why are we suffering? Or we have a drought of truth tonight. Why are we neglecting the good book? My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. You know, in Spanish it says, porque le faltó conocimiento. What does that mean? It doesn't mean that the knowledge failed the people. It means the people failed the knowledge. It means the knowledge is available. And we have failed to take advantage of it. It's here. The church is open. Sunday school. Bible studies. 
conferences and we can't seem to get it together. Why? People are dying and going to hell. It's like what Brother Cox says. Doesn't anybody care? And meanwhile, we don't even know what we're supposed to be doing. And we have resources. We're getting our prayers answered. But just getting your prayers answered doesn't necessarily mean it's going to translate to others being saved. What are we going to do? Are we going to bring a return on God's investment? Let's give Brother Mike a big hand. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you. Thank you. There we go. Thank you, Brother Mike. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm not trying to pick on you. I'm trying to love you tonight. I'm trying to help you have an eternal investment. When you come to Christ, I want you... Do you understand that our heavenly recompense, our heavenly prize, is not what we can get from Jesus. It's what we can give to Him. It's what are we going to have? What type of crown will we be able to throw at His feet? And while it's a sacrifice to us to give today... In this physical realm, in the light of eternity, that will be the best joy we could ever have is to give what we have. The vain versus the eternal. Oh, we've got to change our minds and we've got to change our hearts. I've got two men in our church. We've been talking a lot about vanity versus eternity. Two businessmen came up to me and one is already working at the church. He says, Pastor, i got my business in order and I'm going to help you. But let's just, just so you know, I'm not working for you. I'm working for the Lord. That's just fine with me. This man has helped me some weeks for 40 hours a week. And I've come up to him just for conscience sake to make sure that I'm not being a Nabal like the Old Testament. And I said, brother, I've got to offer this to you for testimony's sake. Please, if you need it, take it. I'm offering him a whole week's wages. And he says, pastor, I don't work for you. I work for God. Hey, let's get our house in order so we can give our lives to God. With a missionary pastor, church member, whatever. His will is good. Got another guy named Sixto. He's gonna, he just started teaching Sunday school for us. Sixto's a business owner. He says, Pastor, I'm moving my business closer to the church. We're putting an order in very soon here, very soon. Pray for Sixto, please. Very soon. I'll be able to run my business for just a couple hours in the morning, get everything set, and I can give you the rest of the day. I want to live for God. I want my resources working for me, and I don't want to spend my life working for my resources. That's the Christianity. That's the book of Acts. That's the first generation church that we need. We need to get our resources working for us so that we can work for Jesus. Amen? It's like Deuteronomy chapter 28. God doesn't want us to be the tail. He wants us to be the head. So that we can take the resources of today and put it to work so that we can give ourselves, like the church in Philippi, in Macedonia, they put themselves in the offering plate. They said, whether I got resources or not, it's come down to this. I'm going to put myself in the plate. I'm going to give. They gave of themselves. Gave of themselves. You think God wants your money? You think I want your money? 
I'm a missionary. Of course I do. There you go. Listen. Listen. God owns everything. Why should He ask us to give? Well, ladies and gentlemen, it's not for our benefit. Excuse me. It's not for His benefit. It's for our benefit. Giving maintains a tender heart. Giving maintains an open heart. And a lot of times when I need to forgive something, you know what I do? I say, Lord, I'm going to give you a special offering. I'm going to learn to give so I can forgive. Because I don't want God to harden my heart like that of Pharaoh. We have Eden. We have Abraham. He believed. And God counted unto him for righteousness. We have Ruth. Ladies and gentlemen, it just comes down to trust. Can I get that, can I get that, uh, can I get that verse up there? Luke 17.10. Can you read that, ladies and gentlemen? Would you, would you read it with me, please? Let's all read that in both and, uh, and, and uh, out loud together, please. So, likewise ye, when ye shall have done all those things which are commanded you, say, we are unprofitable servants. We have done that which we need to do. Now, that's not meant to depress you or to discourage you. It's meant to give us perspective. After doing the whole church thing on the weekend and midweek in the conferences, after reading our Bible, after praying, let's not forget the third part of our priesthood, and that's to let your light so shine. It all works together. And we need to let our light shine. And you know, it just comes down to trust. If we're going to bring God a prophet with our lives, we've got to trust Him. Look at your time and look at your resources. Resources is everything, okay? The material goods, whatever it is. We're not just talking about money. That's just, that's just one form of currency. That's it. Look at all of your life and examine your time and look and see exactly how much of your time is being spent for the vanity versus eternity. Look at all your resources and see exactly how much is allocated towards vanity or eternity. How much is actually going towards souls saved? Kingdom of heaven, the hearts of men. Do we trust him? It's the just to live by faith. Ruth said to Naomi, where you go, I will go. Your people will be my people. What you eat, I'm going to eat. Where you sleep, I'm going to sleep. Where you die, I'm going to die. Can we trust God so much as Ruth trusted Naomi? Can we trust God like Job did? Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. And God made him an eternal example for the rest of us through patience and trust. And Isaiah, I'm a man of woe unto me. I'm a man of unclean lips. But then he turns around and he says in trust and belief, he says, here am I. Here am I. Send me. Here am I. Send me. So my question to you tonight, are you making contracts with God, wasting your life in vanity? 
Or can you trust in His goodwill tonight? And His will is good. As Richard Warmbad said, prisoner in Romania, it's good to do the will of God. It is good to, be, to, to do the will of God in Russia, I'm sorry. Is it good? It's, ladies and gentlemen, look at me. I live in Peru, and I'm not dying of hunger. Sorry to be so immodest. I am not dying of hunger. God takes care of me. My, my mom sends me support, and I said, Mom, I'm supposed to honor you. Stop it. I'm okay. That's good. I'm not going to say that to my supporting churches, you know. Uh, but I need all the money I can get to reach the world. But my own mother? No. My own mother? No, I'm not, I don't want to take money from her. Amen? i got to tell my mom, my mom, Mom, God's good to me. And He is. I have every need met. And we live content. And do we have all the money we need to reach the world? Never. Do I, need, do I have all the money I need for my family? Yeah, we're fine. We're fine. I know that doesn't really generate support. But oh well, support me. That's between you and God. But yeah, God's going to take care of me. And I can trust Him. And I want to trust Him to the end of the world. Can you trust Him through your neighborhood? Can you trust Him through the greater New York region? Can you trust Him through a blizzard? Can you trust Him to forgive your enemies? Can you trust Him to reach other people? Can you trust Him to reach your own people? Can you trust Him? And right now, I want to see if there's someone here tonight. We're family. We don't need to be bowing our heads to make a commitment. Who here tonight? I'm going to trust the will of God. And I'm going to surrender to His will. I'm not asking you to be a missionary. I'm not asking you to do anything. But trust the will of God. Now drop the boundaries of missionary versus church member versus pastor versus deacon. Drop all that. God asks you to join a bus route, do it here in the church. If God asks you to be a Sunday school teacher, do it. If God asks you to just greet people at the door on every cold day, do it. David said, I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of the Lord. I love greeting our people at the door. What is it? And a lot of you, you already know what God wants you to do. It's time to surrender. His good, perfect will. His will is good. It's acceptable and it's perfect. Who would say, stand to your feet. I'm going to surrender to God, whatever He wants me to do. And I'm not just talking to young kids. I'm talking to people old enough to be my aunts and uncles, my mom and dad, and some of you, my grandparents. I love you. I'm not trying to discriminate against your age at all. Caleb was 85 when he took that mountain. Our, our accordion player is 85 years of age. 
I mean, he touched. He he plays a a seventy-two note accordion. Big machine he has in his lap. Every Sunday he's the first one there. And I said, Guillermo, which is William in Spanish, William, do your hands hurt when you play that? He looks at me and says, of course they do. He, 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 he said it to me like, you dumb kid, of course they do. I said, thanks, I needed to hear that. And I've reminded our young people of that constantly. Here's an 85-year-old man doing more for God than most people. How about it? Are you 85 tonight? Younger or older? He's 87 tonight. How about it? Who can say, I'm going I'm to surrender to the will of God? No strings attached. When I, graduate, when I went to college, I told God, I'm going to do whatever he wants to do. So I thought I was going to go to the Philippines. That wasn't his plan. I'm glad I yielded to him. I'm glad I yielded to him. I see one. I see one. We're family tonight. Make a commitment. Who else will say, I'm going to yield to whatever God wants me to do. And I'm going to reach my Jerusalem and beyond whatever God wants me to do. I see more. I see more. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Three ladies standing and two men standing. Thank you. Whatever God wants you to do. You're not going to make a contract with God. You're going to yield to Him. And when He comes up to you and says, I want you to do a job, I'll take care of you. Done. I'll pay you what I will. And let's stop demanding a paycheck from God and let's say, God, I'm going to do what you want. You just, you just be God. And I'll be yours. And I'll trust whatever you want to do for me. Can you do that? Can you trust God giving your life to Him? You're going to put your house in order and you're going to love God and live for Him and you're going to live for your neighbor as yourself. Anybody else? Anybody else? I don't need the response. My wife tells me i got a big enough ego as it is. Yeah. We're, we're honest with each other. It's not about position. It's not about your, your own pastor standing. I mean, it's not about position. It's about heart. It's about conscience. It's about just, here I am. I don't have much to offer. I'm just a sinner. I'm just a... I'm from Chicago. I'm from Chicago, y'all. I'm just a dude. I'm just the average Joe. But I can give my heart to God. Will you respond? Will you respond? We don't need music. We don't need emotion. We, we just need to make a conscious, willful decision that I will, a matter of the will and of the heart, I will consciously, deliberately do what God wants me to do with my life. And I have watched businessmen, I have watched laymen, I have watched just average men in the steel mill do more for God than most churches. When I grew up Gary, Indiana, we had a lot of guys in a steel mill. I knew steel workers that would give over 50% of their check to missions. And where were they on the weekends? They were out soul winning all weekend long. 
those guys are going to have more in heaven to offer at the feet of Jesus than a lot of pastors and missionaries. It's not about position. It's about the heart. With the heart, men believe unto righteousness. You, you who are standing, you've made a conscious decision. I didn't pressure you. I didn't manipulate you. I just gave you a chance to respond. And you've responded. Your commitment, I'm going back to Peru. I hope to see you in a couple years. It'll probably be a few years before I see you again. I love you. But your decision is not between you and I. Your decision is between you and God. And it's not for anyone else here to judge. It's between you and the Lord. Will you do what He wants you to do? Is there anyone else that would like to join them at this moment? One more chance. Anybody else? God bless you. God bless you, Barbara. God bless you. Anybody else? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, just obey God. Just obey Him. Anybody else? Not just those who are standing, but others. Miss Rachel, would you come to the panel at this moment? And play something softly as we come forward and pray. Those who are standing, everyone standing at this moment, please. Everyone standing. And let's all, let's all come down and let's... Paul talked about confirming the churches. Come on down here and, and you confirm your decision with the Lord. If you see someone that made a decision tonight, you want to pray with them, you come on down. If you want to change your mind, if you've been fighting the Lord, you come on down and talk to Him. You respond. He says, I'm fighting with this. I'm wrestling with it in my heart. Whether or not to trust the Lord. We've trusted Him with our eternal life. Can we trust Him with our temporal life? This fleeting sinful life. This dying body. These years that will go faster and faster and fade away. Oh, it's so little to give to God for so much in return. Who are you? Who am I? All we can say is, here am I. This is about Christian service. Can you trust in His goodwill? Thank you for letting me preach to you tonight. Keep praying. Keep praying. Quench not the Spirit. Keep praying.
you would be seated. We have a decision to announce here briefly while that card's being filled out. I'd like to just make a couple of comments about the message this evening, if I could have your attention. Um, you notice in that story, the man that, uh, the group that uh, had to be contracted to do the work, they got the least amount of money for the labor invested. Those who just jumped up and did it and trusted the master, boy, they made the most. They made the most. And we shouldn't try to squeeze everything we can out of God. Uh, We've got to do it for His glory, trusting Him. Trusting Him 100% that He knows what is best. Um, The other thing I wanted to just say for the message tonight is that when you, uh, when you sign up to do God's work, it's not about you. It's about what God does through you. I think oftentimes what we do is we look at ourselves and our shortcomings and our inabilities and our insecurities. And we say, well, I could never be a, a missionary to Peru or I could never work on a bus route or I could never um, uh, teach a, a Sunday school class because I can't. And the point is that you can't do anything, but God can do it through you. God can do it through you. And so uh, it's not a matter of your talents. It's a matter of your willingness. And if you'll give your willingness, God will take what you have and he'll use it greatly. So let's diminish ourselves, as John the Baptist said. I, I must, he must increase, but I must decrease. Brother Rader, thank you for not only preaching at sermon tonight, but living what you're preaching. And uh, that has greatly touched our heart. All right, we got an exciting decision tonight. Jennifer came to our church uh, several months back. Uh, a couple of ladies uh, were going down by the police station and uh, leaving, uh, knocking on doors and leaving gospel tracts on the doors of people who didn't answer. And Jennifer opened her door and there was a gospel track there. And so looked online at our church uh, and liked what she saw and came several months. Uh, I got Angela and I had a chance to meet with Jennifer in my office sometime back. Jennifer was saved prior to coming to our church, but never had been spiritually baptized. And so Jennifer wants to be baptized and wants to join our church through her baptism. Jennifer, you'll stand right now so the church can see you there. Turn around and everybody see you there. Jennifer, we're excited to death. Jennifer Nichols here. And so Angela and I are going to go back and help Jennifer get ready. And then we'll, uh, we'll baptize her in just a minute. Pastor Mike, come on up and lead us to some songs. If I could have maybe Brother John just let me know when the baptism's ready. Give me a nod or something. All right. Let's see. Let's take our songbook. <clears throat> Let's go to Hymn 360. Hymn 360. As we wait for the baptism, we'll sing. Hymn 360, There is a Fountain. Hymn 360. Verse number one. There is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins, and sinners plunged beneath that flood lose all their guilty stains, lose all their guilty stains. Lose all their guilty stains 
And sinners plunge beneath that flood, lose all their guilty stains. Verse 2. The dying thief rejoiced to see that fountain in his day. And there may I, though vile as he, wash all my sins away. Wash all my sins away. Wash all my sins away. And there may I, though vile as he, wash all my sins away. Verse 5. When this boiling spring stammering song lies silent in the grave, then in a nobler, sweeter song I'll sing thy part to save. I'll sing thy part to save. I'll sing thy part to save. Then in a nobler, sweeter song, I'll sing thy part to save. <clears throat> Are we ready for a baptism yet? No? All right. Turn to <clears throat> 580. <clears throat> Hymn 580. 508. Excuse me, excuse me, 580. My brain switches the numbers around. There shall be showers of blessing. Let's sing. There shall be showers of blessing, 580. First one. There shall be showers of blessing. This is the promise of love. There shall be seasons refreshing. And from the Savior above, showers of blessing, showers of blessings we need. Mercy drops round us are falling, but for the showers we plead. All right, this is Jennifer Nichols. Jennifer, have you trusted Jesus as your Savior? Yes. She sure has. Upon your public profession of your faith in Him, I baptize you, my sister, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, buried in the likeness of his death, raised to walk in newness of life. So excited for Jennifer. Let's stand and be dismissed. What a great missions conference we've had. Thank you so much to Brother Raider and um, uh, Brother Carter here. The Cox had to leave last evening to get to another conference, but thrilled to death to have you all here. We have ice cream upstairs available for everybody. And so as soon as we pray to be dismissed, head on upstairs, get yourself some ice cream. Amen? As if it isn't cold enough around here. So we'll uh, add a little more to it. Very good. Uh, make sure you get by and let them know how thankful you are for them. And uh, their uh, investment in our lives over these last four days. Look forward to a good day in God's house on Sunday. Let's be dismissed with prayer.
and we'll go from this place. Brother uh, Bob Nastasia, if you would, close us in prayer.